Welcome to The Legal Impact, presented by the University of New Hampshire Franklin Pierce School of Law. I'm your host, Laura Kanoy. Today, our show goes international as we talk with law student Praise Mabeyuku. A practicing lawyer in her home country of Nigeria, Praise came to UNH Franklin Pierce to pursue what's called an LLM. This degree is attractive to students from abroad who've already had a law degree from their own countries and want to learn about the American legal system, or they want to specialize in a specific area of the law. Many students also use the LLM as a pathway to take the U.S. bar exam. With her LLM, Praise Mabeyuku is focusing on commerce and technology, and in this episode, we'll hear about her experience, not just her academic endeavors, but also what it was like for her coming to the U.S. and to Concord, New Hampshire for the first time. And Praise, it is so nice to have you here. Welcome to Legal Impact. Thank you, Laura. It's nice to be here. So you arrived in Concord in July of last year. What were your initial impressions, Praise? For one, I noticed it's a really small town, which is what I was not expecting. I also noticed it was really wide dominated, which is, it was scary at first, to be honest, but getting to know the town, it began to grow on me. And it's really cold here. That is something I'm still getting used to till now. And I think another thing is the food. <laughs> it just, it's still a whole process for me to deal with, but so far, it has been an experience I'm still going through. Right. Well, and speaking of being cold, Praise, you said when you got here in July of last year, you were cold from the air conditioning, right? Oh, yeah, actually. It was actually cold. I'm coming from Nigeria. I mean, it's a really hot country. So coming to Concord, even in the summer, it was still very, really cold. But it was mostly the temperature in the building, because I remember then when we were like having orientations, and every single time we had, we always ran out of the building to like defreeze under the sun. So it was really cold. But even under the sun, it was still chilly, but it was way better than what temperature was inside the building. But in total, my country is really way warmer than this. So it took a lot of getting used to. Right. Well, and I'm glad you talked about the orientation because you and the other international students had a week of orientation before the school year began. What were you told, Praise, about American culture and what you should expect? Well, I would say they did a very good job having to set up that orientation because they, one thing they said was they have had complaints or questions asked by international students over the years and they had to like put up a presentation together for every student who comes into the country from other countries. And they like, they trained us in a couple of days on what to expect for the next one year of being here. So we were taught about the American personality, as I would call it. So they told us about the American people, what to expect, how much you guys love your personal space, how you guys are very individualistic, how something as how are you is not really a question, it's just a greeting and it's not something we have to like because where I'm from, you know, if you tell a person how are you, you're literally asking a person how are you? But here, it's just like, oh, how are you? And they're on the move. They're not just waiting for anything. So they did a lot of work orientating us on what to expect and how not to misinterpret it to be something else because we are not used to it. They also told us about the classroom etiquettes, what to expect in the classroom, the code calling, which is something we are not also used to, the Socratic method, which is used here, and the food. <laughs> they, they want us pretty much of 
what to expect in terms of meals here. So it was really a good orientation because those three days prepared us for the next one year. And everything that happens now, it's like we were warned or we were told beforehand. Yeah, so it was really good. Well, and warning about the food. And when you and I talked before the show, you said no matter what you get to eat, you have to put spices on it. Exactly, Laura. You wouldn't believe it. At a point, it was so bad that sometimes we go to the restaurants and we're like, we need extra spice. And they're like, what? So just give us more spice. And they bring more spice. And we're like, give us more spice. So we just try to make do with what we have or and, you know, get it to feel like home as much as we can. So you talked in a moment ago, Praise, about the orientation and how they talked about the legal education is different here versus in Nigeria. Describe that a little bit more, please, Praise. You said, for example, cold calling and the Socratic method. So what do you mean by cold calling? Okay, so cold calling, which is something that happens in every single classroom here, is a lecturer comes into class and he, it depends on the lecturer actually, some use spin the wheel, some have an algorithm that just, you know, randomly selects a name. So it's not like it depends on how well you look that day. He doesn't even look at your face. He just looks at the computer and call out your name and you have to like answer a question and it could like lead to a series of questions. I have like a lecturer who he like, it has to be like a conversation. So he asks his own question with Brett another and Bet another and Bet another. And before you know, you are ask, answering like 10 questions. And the Socratic method is you have to read before every class. You know, where I'm from, you go to class to be taught. You go to class, learn, then go home and revise. But here it's the opposite. So you have to like read through your entire lecture note. And the classroom is more like a conversation center where you come with what you have learned and what you don't understand. And the, the lecturer helps, you know, settle that confusion. And you guys discuss, which is something I'm still getting used to. And it actually, it's actually a lot to deal with because it's a lot of cost load you have to go through. Imagine having to read something you don't even know, but you have to read because you may be called upon. But then I would also say it's very effective because unlike what I was used to in my country, when the teacher teaches, you go back to read. Sometimes in reading, you could have a couple of questions, but because of, you know the topic has been taught in class, so you don't like have the opportunity to bring it up again. So I would say here it's pretty effective, though it's a lot of costly to deal with. Then another difference is the open book exams. Oh God, Laura, I, <laughs> it was crazy when we first had open book. Like literally we had to go to our lecturers and ask, please, what do you mean by open book? And it was, it's still crazy because I don't know what to bring into the book, it, into the exam, sorry. So it's like open book, I have to bring in my notes into an exam. It's, it's a lot, it's like it's something I'm still getting used to. And another thing will be the informal dressing. You know, here I'm a I'm a lawyer, and in my country, throughout my undergraduate studies, I wore nothing else but white and black to class, which is the official color for lawyers. And you don't wear trousers. You have to either wear a skirt or a gown for all your years of learning. And coming here, literally, people put on a hoodie, put on. A, you could even put on a set of pajamas. Nobody cares. It is so informal than I'm used to because I remember the first couple of days of our orientation and the first week of our lecture, 
I and my my friends, we were like trying to dress so formal, so, you know, lawyering, just looking so formal. And we got to class and it was like, oh, okay, so what's happening? So, but that is something we've gotten used to. So now I can put on a hoodie without having to feel guilty that I'm going to class now. Yeah, you'll have an adjustment uh, if you go back to Nigeria. Please. Oh, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to deal because I'm going to have to start adjusting again when I go back. So it's just, but this is actually really cool because I, I just, you know, I could just pick up something very comfortable. And throughout the day, I'm comfortable in what I'm wearing. So I don't have to, like, look very official and, you know, have to, like, you know, be uptight throughout the day. So it's it's really good. Praise, what about networking opportunities from UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law and how that compares to your education in Nigeria? Okay, so I learned about networking here. I know the first couple of networking events I had to go to was really weird. So what they do here is they bring in employers, alumni from the school, you know, people who, you know, could help you start your professional career and they literally put them in the same room with you. So you are forced to speak to them. It's actually very funny because I don't know, like they are very willing to come. So they come and, you know, as a student, you come there, you have to talk to them. You tell them who you are, what you're interested in. And a lot of students get placed just through those networking events, which is very helpful because here you literally, like literally um, in one of my classes, we had some 3L students who came around to speak to us. And 3L is the third level JD students. So they're in their final year. And they came around to speak and they were like, oh, I'm I'm finishing in, in May and I'm resuming work in this company. I'm resuming work in this firm. And they all got their jobs through networking events. So this is something we don't have in my country, which I think is something we can learn from. Because where I'm from, you literally have to finish your career. Then you go and find your job. But here... Throughout your stay here, you have series of networking events where different lawyers, legal practitioners from different areas of law come into the school for a couple of hours and you guys converse and, you know, you tell them what drives you, what you're looking for, and you just, you know, get a, a job opportunity from there. So that is a really good thing I would commend the school for. Yeah, it's a nice benefit. Absolutely. You were already practicing law in Nigeria. So why did you decide to pursue this extra degree here, the LLM? Okay, so I I was practicing law in, I was doing a bit of civil, mostly civil litigation, but a bit of property and intellectual property, um, intellectual property cases. So that's real property and intellectual property cases. And I've always had a thing for tech. You know, the COVID made everybody very aware of how important technology is. So I've always had this interest in tech and I already had a foundation in law. I didn't want to like divert completely from my foundation from what already I had like a bit of experience in. So I was really looking for a marriage between these two areas. So I was really looking for something I could do that is technology related and still deeply rooted in law. And we have very little cases or we have very little issues as relating to tech law in Nigeria. And those cases that come up are very narrow to some firms. So my firm didn't really have anything relating to that. And I realized UNH had a degree in commerce and technology, which was going to give me the avenue to find a marriage between those two. Because as I was then, I didn't actually know what I wanted. I just knew I wanted something that was going to bring these two together. I didn't know what exactly. So I took up the 
owners to like find a school that was going to help me figure something out. And UNH gave me that avenue. And I'm so glad I took that opportunity. And right now I'm here and it's been good. So what kind of connections are there between the LLM students and the traditional JD students, you know, those mostly Americans pursuing that three-year law degree? For example, Praise, do you have classes together? Do you work on projects together or have discussion groups together? Uh, yeah, actually, we do. We literally have every class together except for one. And most of the classes, the professors go the extra mile to make sure he creates assignments that are done in groups. and. A lot of them, actually all of them so far, they don't give you the liberty to have to choose your groups, which at first was very annoying because I don't know why you would force me to be in a group with somebody else. But then getting to see what the effects were was really good. So they have this algorithm. <laughs> all of them have this system that, you know, pairs people together. And he just pairs you maybe in a group of four. And you literally have to do an assignment for every week with different groups, and in that you get to meet people. So there are people I got to know in my class who ordinarily I would never have known their names or nothing. Maybe I wouldn't have even exchanged pleasantries with them, but because I was forced to be in a group with them and, you know, get to know them and, oh, this is actually a very nice person. Yeah, so you don't automatically go to the people you know. You are forced to be in a group with different people every time. Exactly. You've been here for seven months now, Praise. Made it mostly through the winter. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> Thank you. What have you gotten used to? What seems normal now? Number one, the snow, actually, Laura. The first time the, we, we saw the snow, I remember sleeping, and I was hearing a bang on my door because my housemate, I have an Indian as a housemate, and I also have a Nigerian as a housemate. So my housemate, the Nigerian, was really banging on my door. And she was like, wake up. And I thought something was happening. And I jumped up from sleep and I opened the door. And she was like, it's snowing. And we dressed up in at that time and ran outside. Like this was our first snow. It was so awesome. It was so good. And the next time it snowed, we got dressed and we went to play in the snow. I still have pictures that make me laugh from that day. So it was really a good, like the first couple of times we saw the snow, it was something. It's still really magical, but you know, now it's snow. It's now like everybody, like every American is like, oh, it's just snow. For us then it was like, oh my God, it's snowing. It was, it was a good experience. So I think I've gotten used to the snow for one. Uh, Another thing is the weather. Earlier when I came, I wore multiple layers of clothing because of the cold. And I always like, sometimes I tend to not dress right. So even with the multiple layers of clothing, I could wear the wrong kind of clothes and I still feel cold. But now I know what to wear and how to get them to get me to feel warm. So I think that is a good one for me. And the accent is another thing because I know the first couple of days in class, I always kept asking my friend beside me, what did he say? What did the teacher just say? Did you hear what he said? And I always missed out on like half of my classes. Sometimes I had to like record the class and go back home and try to listen again so I could like take back, take forward, whichever I missed. So, but now it's just flows easily. I could understand anybody. So that's, that's something I've gotten used to. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I've gotten used to. So I think one more thing should be the food. Oh God, Laura, you guys, you guys eat a lot of sugar here. That is, that is crazy. So, but then I, I would say to some extent, we are, our taste buds are beginning to 
you know, get used to that gradually. We're not there yet, but at least we're not where we used to be. So I think that's a good development. What's still surprising to you, even after seven months? For one, I would say the trust. Yeah, that would be the top of my list. The trust. Um, you guys tend to have a lot of trust on your students, which is so admirable, so good. One example would be the jury box. I don't know if you know the cafeteria and the jury box where all the snacks are displayed out. No security, nothing. Everything is just out there. You just go pick what you want and pay. It's like you guys trust the students enough to pay for what they take, which is so good. And it's still so surprising every time we pass the cherry box i myself and my indian friend will be like oh praise look at how all these things are so displayed so that is really surprising praise how much do you feel you have faced racism here in concord i wouldn't know if i have that's the honest truth because i am really not sensitive towards that because i you know i came from nigeria where we are all the same race so when someone does something to me, I think my first instinct is, oh, this person is so rude or so saucy. But I wouldn't really say I have faced racism, like knowingly identifying this to be racism. So I wouldn't really know if I have or haven't. But then I would say that um, I know some of my friends who have faced that. Like it was so clear this was racism. Well, for myself, no, I can't, I can't really say I have. How have you grown academically, Praise, as a result of this whole experience? You talked earlier about how, just how different the educational systems are. Okay, yes, I would say I have grown very much. I've been able to tackle a lot of heavy cost load. The first session, the fall session, was crazy. I remember we in the class having to like address our professor about how heavy the cost load was. But right now, I would say I've been able to find ways or find a way that works better for me to address the cost load. So that has really helped me. Being able to speak out in class, too, is another thing because, you know, you're going to be asked questions. You need to, like, think fast. You need to make constructive statements. You also need to know what to say the right way it's going because sometimes you know your your mind is thinking something your your mouth is saying something else so yeah that has really helped me academically and making notes it's like every class you have to like make little notes you have to know how to put down words very fast words in the most concise statement or the most concise words to help you revise easily so that has really helped and it also made an impact on my grades too so yeah i could say that was really helpful what about personal growth, Praise? This has been, um, you know, a, a major experience for you. Yeah. For personal growth? Yeah, that... Okay, I have friends from... I have friends from India. I have friends from what, Peru, Brazil, Nepal. Like, from a lot of places I would never had ordinarily had friends from. And we all have different mindsets. We all have different ways of thinking. So I would say one major way I grew personally is the ability to be able to converse with these people from different nationalities and without like having to hurt them or knowing what to say. I have a friend who you don't say sorry from where he's from. You tell him sorry, he gets so confused like what? 
So that was something I had to learn. The first day, he he, he literally hits his head. And I said, sorry. And he was like, what? I was like, sorry. He said, why are you telling me sorry? Like, you hit her and say, what? You didn't cuss it. So why are you telling me sorry? That is so different from what I know. Because where I'm from, whether you cussed it or not, you tell the person sorry. So that has really helped my personal growth. And, you know, the ability to even travel, like, miles, millions of miles away from my country here and still being able to adapt is... It has grown me in ways I might not be able to list out right now, but I could say it has grown me. My grit, my endurance has really gone up the roof. So, Wow. Yeah. Well, what do you hope to do after graduation? Okay, so right now, we, mostly the LLM students are working with the career services. So they are helping us to like put our resume together, our cover letters to optimize or to make use of our OTP, OPT, sorry, our OPT year. OPT is the optional practical training. So it's like um, we are giving one year to work in the U.S., like after your schooling. So you have one year to work. So right now we are working with the career services to get placed and hopefully we get placed really soon. So after my graduation, I do want to work full-time in privacy law because that's where I grew interest in. It gave me a very good marriage between law and technology and I fell in love with that area of law. So hopefully after my schooling, I will get placed in a firm or a company that will give me the opportunity to grow in that area of law. And after 12 months, I'll know what next to do. So right now, that's my plan. One thing at a time. Yes, exactly. Well, you know, last question for you, Praise. What would you say to other international students who may be considering coming to UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law to do the LLM like you have done. But it's a big deal, you know, pulling up stakes, moving across the ocean. What's your message to those potential LLM students? I think one sentence, it's what it. That's that's like the summary of everything. It's what's the sacrifice. It's what's the because we sacrifice everything. We sacrifice leaving our family behind, our time, our finances. But it's what it. It's what everything. It exposes you in ways you wouldn't get exposed to staying back in your country. Having to come all the way and you know speaking with people from dif- with different diversities has this tendency of opening you up in ways you never knew you could be opened up. So yeah, I would just tell you do whatever you can and get it done. It's really what it. Well, and watch out for the air conditioning and the snow. Um, yes. Bring please. a sweater. <laughs> it's been really fun talking to you, Praise. Thank you so much. Thank you, Laura. It's so nice being here. That's Praise Mabeyuku. She is an international LLM student specializing in commerce and technology at UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. To learn more about LLM programs, we have two virtual seminars coming up on February 22nd and March 7th. For more information, go to the links posted along with this episode. Well, that's it for this month's conversation on the legal impact. I'm Laura Kanoy, Director of Community Engagement at the Law School's Rudman Center. Our show is recorded, edited, and produced by the Marlon Fitzwater Center for Communication at Franklin Pierce University. And a big thanks to the team there for making this program possible. Opinions discussed on the legal impact do not constitute legal advice or represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire. Thanks, everyone, for listening to The Legal Impact.